I am Liz Wright. Welcome to Live Your Best Life. The only thing that matters now is living by the power of this wonderful new creation life. We're going to become an undefeatable force of radiating glory and we are rising up strong now in this hour. Hi everybody, welcome to Live Your Best Life with me, Liz Wright. And I, and saying I am excited about today's conversation is an understatement. I have the absolute joy and pleasure of bringing into today's show with me a man whose deep and uh, intimate relationship with Jesus, his partnership with him, has literally transformed lives around the world. He is the co-founder of Passion and Fire Ministries. He's an author of many well-loved uh, books that have gone around the world, including my personally favorite book of all time. I think it's one of the most important books of our time, actually, the Passion Translation of the Bible, which many of you will have heard me quoting over and over and over during this last year. So it is my absolute honor and joy to welcome into today's conversation, Dr. Brian Simmons. Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Liz. It's an honor for me to be with you and, and your audience. God bless you. It's going to be fun today. Yeah, it is. It is. Brian, I wanted to start by just sharing with you, when I was asking Jesus about our conversation today, his presence fell on me. It was so holy. And he gave me word for word a question that he wanted me to ask you on behalf of, I think, the body of Christ. It's certainly everybody listening around the world. And it felt like he was about to unveil a mystery to us that needs to be restored that I think you, well, he must he must know that you carry some of this revelation. So can we start there? Sure. I want to, I just want to read it because I wrote the question down word for word because it was such a holy moment. So he said to me, for you, why was Song of Songs so central as a book to the early church, to their life and to the church fathers? What did they know that has been largely lost to us through time? Cool. <laughs> well, I feel the anointing of heaven on the question. So uh, thank you for asking that. And it's clear that the earliest writings we have of church fathers were filled with revelation from the Song of Songs, which tells us the fascination of those disciples closest to Jesus, you know, uh, in chronology, that in time, that they were prior to the canon of Scripture being completed, they all had the Song of Songs. It is the heartbeat of God. It is the absolute heart of the Word of God. It's in the middle of our Bibles to get into the middle of our spirit. And there, hidden away, those eight chapters fascinated the church fathers. Most of them wrote their own commentaries on the Song of Songs. Now, keep in mind, this is before we had a completed canon. That didn't happen until uh, a century or two later. So... What the early church all had, they may have had, let's say the church at Ephesus may have had that letter and cherished that letter from Paul. By the way, the word Ephesus means darlings or desirable ones. 
So the Church of the Desirable Ones, they got Paul's letter, but they didn't have maybe uh, John's letters or his gospel, but they had that. So, but beyond that, they had the Song of Songs. And it was cherished because it was seen vividly, clearly, unmistakably as an allegory, as a story embedded inside of a story. And if I could just uh, elaborate briefly. Please uh, do. It's so, it's, I feel the presence of Jesus as you're speaking. It's really holy and I think very life-changing for a lot of people because it's, this is a mystery that we've not, we've not known. So please. Yeah, sadly, the the contemporary Christianity, especially uh, uh, from 1930 onward, it wasn't until the 1800s before a commentary was written that suggested the Song of Songs would be erotica, that it would be uh, literature that had to do with husband and wife relationship. But prior to that, let's say for 1700 years, the bulk of scholarship, commentaries, preaching, teaching, all taught that the Song of Songs was this beautiful love story between Jesus Christ and his Shulamite bride. And he uh, and the church was identified as a bride. You know, people have said to me that I teach Song of Songs so much, it's like I'm, I'm uh, feminizing the church. Uh, my response is Jesus is not coming back for a husband. He's coming Clearly. back for a bride. And it's not good for the son of man to be alone. And this, this passionate hunger, longing he has uh, for a bride is described. It's embedded in the Song of Songs. Shulamite and Solomon come from the same Hebrew root word. Uh, we are one with Jesus Christ. We have to let one greater than Solomon take his place. And the Shulamite is a picture of the believer, you, me, and all of our viewers. We are male or female. It doesn't matter before God. I know that's a hurdle that most of us men have to jump over, but I have jumped over it. I'm out of the closet. I'm a Shulamite <laughs> lover of God, and I'm not embarrassed to say that uh, he is a passion of my heart. That was the first book I translated but to, to try to succinctly say it, uh, the Song of Songs is a story, a parable. The preferred teaching method of Jesus is always parabolic. He never taught without using parables, Matthew 13, 34. So this beautiful parable in the middle of the Old Testament was to reveal the secret love affair that the man Jesus Christ would have, the Holy Son of God would have, with a radiant partner. And the very last words Jesus spoke on the cross were not in the Greek language because he uh, likely did not speak Greek. He spoke his heart language. And the last word Jesus spoke was not tetelestai, which is Greek, but it was the word kala, kala. Kala means finished, uh, it's completed. But kala, like most Hebrew words, has an alternate meaning. It's called a homonym. And uh, kala, if you were to go to Israel with me today and we ask any Hebrew speaker, what does kala mean? They would not say finished. They would say bride. The last word Jesus spoke was bride. Oh. It's finished, my bride. So this longing 
to have an eternal partner is, uh, is found in the Song of Songs. And uh, I hope that the Passion Translation and, and other commentators, that we can bring the dialogue back to where the early church really relished in that beautiful uh, soliloquy, that, that awesome story of how God woos, how Jesus woos a bride from being a goat-keeping girl from Shunem to, to becoming the look-alike partner, fit for a king, like him in every way, fair as the, as the moon, bright as the sun, majestic as the stars in their procession. That's the last day's church that's going to emerge as we embrace fully this passionate message of being the bride of Christ. And Song of Songs, that's the go-to place. Oh, it's so powerful. The presence of Jesus is so thick right now. I feel really undone, actually. Do you know, Brian, I had, um, I had a really profound encounter with Jesus um, a number, a couple of years ago. And I was literally in the kitchen. I was cooking. I wasn't particularly having a very holy moment. But suddenly his presence just enfolded me. And I was pulled up in the spirit into an experience where I found myself in the throne room and there were just multitudes around the throne, just in one accord over and over and over three times, I heard them say, it is finished. It is finished. It is finished. And the sound went into my spirit. It reverberated through me. And it was like a declaration of love for Jesus that was, was the sound, the energy in the sound. It's just twa, like jubilation, ecstatic declaration. And as, as the sound went into my spirit, I felt, because we're one in Christ, right? I felt the revelation, the knowledge of the revelation of the finished work of the cross was going to come back. The message of the blood and what the cross did, what Jesus did at the cross, was going to come back in our generation center stage. And so, of course, I came out of that experience. We were going to, it was such a, such a lot of infused knowledge that came into my spirit, you know, that we were going to understand the relationship that we now have with Jesus, like the early church did, things that were lost to us. And of course, what you've been able to communicate in the Passion Translation is his heart. And it's changed my life reading it, you know, but so I came out of that experience and of course was obsessed with the phrase, it is finished. And so I started to study it, you know, in the Greek and then that Western Aramaic and just wherever I could find it, the language. And I, I looked at your footnotes in the Passion Translation and that's where I realized, I found out that the phrase that Jesus actually spoke in his language was Kala. Yeah. And of course, like you've just said, it means literally bride. And so I was undone when I first read that. I was like, oh my goodness, the whole thing, the whole of scripture, the whole of the finished work of the cross is about mm-hmm. him birthing his it's bride. It's all about a bride. It, it, it's finding an eternal partner. It, it, it's, it's like a, a voluntary loneliness in the Trinity that they want to share themselves. And they've chosen a people from among the nations, tribe, tongue, people, and language groups. And and here we are, and we're that eternal partner that shares the glory that the Father, Son, and Spirit share together in their divine dance, in their inner penetration of, of themselves as one. And now they're bringing human beings. And I think the fact that Jesus 
is on the throne as a human being. I can say Jesus, his earthly name, because he's a man on the throne. He's, he's God, and it doesn't diminish his deity to elevate his humanity. And here he is, a man, a human being, ruling the universe with a passion and a longing for an eternal partner. And we are those that are fit for a king by blood and by spirit, by grace and birth. We're his inheritance, his delight and joy. And, oh, the the day of his gladness, it says in Song of Songs, the day of his wedding. Uh, He's coming to a wedding all of the parables pointed to a wedding, or many of them. And, of course, the last words in our, in our Bible, in Revelation, uh, virtually the last words, it is um, Maranatha, come, uh, Lord Jesus, the Spirit and the bride, they come. Mm-hmm. So he's longing for that more than we ever can imagine. So beautiful. It's so powerful. You know, I've been feeling him for months and months and months, drawing me and drawing us as the bride back to his feet out of complexity, Mm. out of the noise and the narrative of the world and to come back and simplify and just sit with him. And and I have kept feeling over and over and over, you know, this, we're coming full circle. We're sort of back to the beginning. We're going to understand the pure gospel like never before. We're going to walk as an expression of his beauty and nature and be so obsessed. And I'm, I feel my own heart and the passion translation of the Bible is a big part of my journey right now. I'm Because you're a, you've been able to communicate his heart in the language, it's, I feel the partnership. You know, obviously you have such a wealth of knowledge of language, but it's more than that. I mean, you're, it's obvious your relationship with him, your partnership with him is, is there in the mix of it. And it takes, it draws me, the word of God just draws me deeper into him. It's amazing. <laughs> well, let's become scholars of his heart, not words yeah. on the page, but we, we you know, how easily we can be misinterpreted, you know, and texts and messages, we have emojis because we, you know, we want to make sure that our message is that we want them to know we're okay or we're happy or whatever. Well, when we read God's word, if we have a lens over our heart that, that he's hard to please and perfectionist and, and a distant father and, and how can I ever come close to one like this? If that's the lens over our heart, then we're going to read the, the text like that. But when you encounter him and you embrace him and he has, you know, stepped into your world in in tangible ways, you know him as the kindest, the, the, the sympathetic high priest that is moved with the feeling of our weaknesses, that in every point he's tested and tempted like we are, but he longs to capture our affection. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's oh, it's just every the whole thing is the divine romance, isn't it? The whole walk that we have with him is the divine romance. Will you share with us? Is that I mean, I'm sure there are hundreds, but is there a particular experience while you've been working on this project? Is there a particular encounter with him or experience you've had with him that's just been radically life changing for you? Yes, uh, it, it really began, you know, my wife and I were, were tribal missionaries in the rainforest and came back to North America, pastored a church for 18 years. And uh, the Lord spoke to me that it was time to hand it over to a younger team, younger leadership team. 
And I asked the Lord, what do you have for me to do? And uh, I had this beautiful encounter a few days later, um, early in the morning, the one I love came to me and gave me this commission. He, he breathed on me and I, I just still feel that on my life and uh, gave me this job, this commission. I don't say a job. It's a delight. I love doing this, but he promised that he would help me. And he has over and over. He's, he's sent his spirit, opened my heart and mind to things that are, are mysteries indeed. And uh, it was really that encounter in 2009 that jump-started the passion project. And uh, because he sent me to do this doesn't mean it's perfect. It doesn't mean it's better than any other. And I, I just hasten to tell all our viewers, you know, that anything man does is imperfect. So uh, we, we're not equating him breathing on me, telling me to do it with the inspiration of the apostles that, that wrote the scriptures. I'm just taking it from one language, one dead language, you know, uh, biblical Hebrew, biblical Greek, Koine Greek. They're both dead languages. Nobody speaks that language today. Uh, it's a different version. So to take those dead languages and make them dynamic and speak to the heart of, uh, of men and women. That's my longing. Oh, my goodness. So, oh, my goodness. So it was a, you had a visitation from Jesus. You had a full on experience with him. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm understating it. I'm sure you are, because his presence is so thick. What can I ask you? What happened to you? Because you said he, he breathed oh, on you, breathed into you. Are you yeah, he just only blew, what he would you know to share. He just came right to me and, and blew his breath on me and said, you are to do this translation. He didn't give me the name. He didn't, you know, he didn't give me all the details. He did say that I would be misunderstood and uh, that after my graduation into heaven, that it would become a very well-loved and uh, well-read, cherished New Testament or, uh, Bible, because we're going to complete the whole Bible, God willing. Um, but he, he again promised that he would help me. He gave me a, a certain date that something would happen to confirm that it was him that was with me. I mean, how can you doubt when... <laughs> Right, of course. And your whole room melts and uh, vibrates with a glory presence that uh, you've never experienced on this earth before. So it was a supernatural moment. It was holy to me, and I'm not ashamed of it in any way. No, my goodness me. So it's so, it's so special, so special to his heart. It's a holy commissioning. No wonder it's so powerful and it's just flowing out of your life in him. So do you work on this every day? Is this, every day, like, is this your life work now? Oh, yeah. I've been yeah. every day for 12 years. I, as soon as we finish uh, this, I'll, I'll jump back into, Hebrew, uh, into uh, Daniel chapter 11. I'm going to finish Daniel, I hope, in the next couple of weeks. I can finish the last two chapters and then jump into Hosea. Oh, my goodness. I can't wait. I can't wait for them to come out. <laughs> I literally soak in it every single day. I read it and soak in wow. it every single day. And I don't think there is a day that's gone by where I haven't actually had revelation that's flowed into me while I've been sitting with wow. Jesus in it. So for people watching, you know, I am sure, well, I know this. So we get hundreds of communications every month from all over the world. I mean, the show's now in 
watched it by about 77 countries. And there is right across the board, there is such a growing hunger for true, authentic, intimate relationship with Jesus that people can feel where we can touch him and feel him and know him like the early church did. You know, so can I ask you, Brian, would you pray? Would you pray for people to be able to experience him like you did and to be able to experience him in the way that I feel him longing? I feel this, I get right with this a lot at the moment. I feel the longing of Jesus' heart, not just our desire to know him, but his desire to be known by us. Yes. Father, you're amazing. You've sent us a savior like Jesus. Jesus, you are the fascination, the obsession of our hearts. You're our focus, our gaze, our life and our strength. Spirit, Holy Spirit, Espiritu Santo, we love you. We thank you. So Father, Son, and Spirit, would you embrace us this moment? Would you shrink the distance, lift the veil, remove the lens off our heart that is tainted, Lord, that will distort a clear vision of you and your passion for a people to come into the realm where you live? You came into our world, and now you want us to come into yours. And we ask, Lord, that you would wrap around us your divine presence, your grace and glory, Where we are weak, Lord, help us to joyfully lean upon you as our strength. Where we are weary, that we would find our rest, our Shabbat, our Sabbath in you, Lord Jesus. And where we are distracted and bent and pulled, Lord, that we would come back to the true center upon which all our life rotates. And that is you, Lord God. And I pray that you'll embed within us deeply the revelation that we are your bride, that we are fit for a king, the lookalike partner, the perfect one made so by grace and blood, that we are one with you, soon to be forever joined, that our our life is to be discarded, that we love not our own lives even unto the death, but we love the one who died for us that that passion will grip us and bring us back to that first love devotion of the early church. Make us radical, passionate, love-filled warriors that will fight for one another in love and rejoice in the victories of others. Lord, we thank you for your grace and for everyone viewing now. And we pray for Liz and her wonderful ministry, family, and everything that matters to her, that you'll bless and strengthen her and use her powerfully for a global revival. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 When you were praying then, there were just two things that Holy Spirit put on my heart. One was um, I kept uh, hearing him say from Song of Solomon, chapter one, let him. (laughs) (laughs) That's the theme of, our, of the Bible, really, let him. 
Let him, let him. Everything you prayed, just family watching right now and listening around the world, just let him, let him. <laughs> he desires more than we desire to know him. He didn't desires that we would know him in this hour, that you would be not distracted by the noise and the narrative of the world anymore, but you'd become consumed in your relationship with him, that the world will grow strangely dim by contrast. Brian, in finishing, I wanted to ask you one final quick question, if I may. Is there anything that you, with the people who are struggling in their relationship, is there anything that you would that you would want to share with them to go from where they are to get unstuck to to into this glorious, incredible love relationship that is our inheritance now in Christ? <laughs> yeah, my my word to you. Uh, and, you know, we all go through these seasons of struggle. So first of all, just be normal. It's okay. And, and realize that Jesus is the most tender, lowly, gentle, approachable friend and savior. His, his heartbeat is towards you. He's able to feel your weakness. Wouldn't you want to be around someone like that, that understands the, the, the woundings of our heart and doesn't reject us when he sees that, that, you know, the day is going to come when he's going to show you off to the world and to the nations and to the, the angels as his beautiful expression. You are divine poetry composed with the lyrics of love before you were even born. Your DNA is carries the lyrics of the love song of Jesus in you. And when you understand how cherished and loved you are by the Lord Jesus, there's nothing, no hindrance, no sickness, no corona, no uh, rejection or accusation that's going to turn you aside from the lover of your soul. So just fall in love with Jesus and the rest is stuff. <laughs> Tell man it's true. <laughs> oh. Oh my goodness, just give him time. We just encourage you. And, and as you're able to, just I encourage you, just find somewhere quiet, shut the world out and just listen to this show again, over and over and over the treasures that Brian has shared. Let them sink deep into your spirit because they're life and truth and they're transformational and impact. And before you know it, you'll be head over heels, even deeper in love with Jesus than anything you could have ever imagined. So, Brian, thank you so much for being on today. And we pray that you go from strength to strength to strength, deeper and deeper and deeper in Jesus as you keep writing this incredible uh, translation for us. We need it. We really need it in this hour. And I'd like you said, the generations to come. Yeah. Amen. So thank you for being with us. Thank you, dear one. Thank you so much. And thank you all for tuning in today and giving us your precious time to have an amazing week. Bless you.